Welcome to Mary Liar Talks, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. Before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll be able to join me whenever you feel ready and able. Today's episode is with guest Edward Hagen. Edward describes his experience with procrastination, which is our topic today, and explains how marriage played a part in his turnaround from procrastinating. Let's go and chat to him. Well, for me, procrastination, the biggest example that I had of when I really struggled with it was when I was at university and maybe I'd had to write an essay and I'd sit in the library for about an hour, not starting the, the essay. And I, I, I think procrastination is you have to do something. You've got a timeline to do it, but you don't want to be restricted by that timeline. You don't want to be controlled by a set of circumstances. You want to control it yourself. And if it's something that's natural and good and enjoyable, then you won't procrastinate. You'll just go and do it. But if it's something that seems to be a task, like making a phone call to the bank or to HMRC, then that is more easy to procrastinate. So I would describe procrastination as delayed response to something urgent or important. And I guess the difference from what you've said is the fact that you don't want to do it for a particular reason, Mm. because maybe it's stressful Mm. or overwhelming Mm. or difficult. um, And that's why you're avoiding Mm. doing it. Yes, that's that's very good, Mary, because that kind of leads me on to really why maybe some people procrastinate is that we, we're concerned about the outcome of a task and our ability to do the task in the way someone else or society thinks it should be done, which is a little bit deep. I would probably even add mm. how not even just someone else, mm. but even yourself. Yes. For example, I may mm. procrastinate mm. because of what I think needs to be mm. done and what I think needs to be done is really huge or difficult mm. and that's why I'm not doing mm. it. Yeah. So it could be self-imposed as well as our perception of, like you said, of what other people. Yeah. You mentioned about university mm. and, you know, that, that 5,000 word um, essay, <laughs> dissertation, you know, assignments. I've, I, I've heard that or I know that there's quite a lot of students mm. actually that struggle with procrastination. Mm. I guess that's a significant memory. Yeah. Do you remember even procrastinating before then? Yeah, absolutely. So I think really I remembered it having that kind of procrastination nature at times when I was about six. I can't say a specific incident or issue, but I just, with things that I didn't like to do or didn't want to do, I tried to delay them. If like as a six-year-old, I used to play the piano and then I gave it up for football. But if some I said come play football then I wouldn't procrastinate about that but maybe if my mum said go and practice playing the piano I'd probably procrastinate about that which is really silly because I'm probably more talented at, at piano playing than, than football right. but even though I was a good footballer firstly I think it's common yeah. especially around that age yeah. you know when you're a child mm. and it seems to be associated with a chore yeah. but then actually something that you said about being talented mm. or having even a strength at playing the piano compared to football yet you wanted to play 
football mm. rather than yeah. practice yeah. the piano. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something in that. Yeah, definitely know? there is. I mean, looking back as a much more elderly person now than a six-year-old, I'd love to be able to sit down and play the piano. You know, I can go and play football now if I wanted to um, for fun. So sometimes it, I think procrastination is born in the mind and it's a mindset that thinks that something is going to be difficult or wearisome or put a demand on you that you don't particularly want to give. So, so for example, I'm really good at writing. I can write poetry. I'm not being overconfident when I say this, but I could probably write a novel. I was a journalist, a motoring journalist for a national ethnic minority newspaper. And I, I struggled with procrastination there. And that was maybe five years after leaving university because I'd have to do a daily report to a deadline. And so whilst I enjoyed driving the cars, experience the cars, knowing what the strengths and weaknesses of a car is, I, I didn't like to sit down and have to write a copy on the car. So that, that whole process was very frustrating to me to do that, that aspect of the work. And even though writing was a strength of mm. yours, because maybe it's associated with a task yeah. and plus, I guess, the pressure of having a timeline clouded. Yeah, it. absolutely. Absolutely. And then also the, the editor of the newspaper, um, he was, he was a tough guy. He was a no nonsense guy. And so whilst I got to drive some really nice cars, you know, I had to make sure that the manufacturers that I got the cars from had a good, a truthful review, first and foremost, but they had a, a well constructed report on the car. It was that aspect, that demand, the timeline was the most likely thing to cause procrastination. So I think also procrastination has to do with confidence. So when you talk about students struggling with procrastination about doing reports uh, or essays, I think it's because there's an outcome to it and, and the, the fear or the concern about the outcome makes it very, very difficult for them to begin the process. And so with procrastination, it's the beginning that is the most difficult part. So once you actually begin the task or, or make the phone call, that kind of feeling dissipates. I mentor a couple of students. I just told them that, you know, once you do the beginning, the middle becomes a little bit more straightforward. And once you've done the middle, the ending, you, you get a, a sense of how you want to end the thing. So procrastination is something, you know, that really affects the mind more than anything. And then the mind then determines the action. So how did you come to actually realise that this was an issue, that it was a, a habit in terms of how to deal with hmm. it? Yeah, I realised it at university because it was, it was nonsensical in many ways that you know you have to do an essay and you spend an hour sitting at a table avoiding doing something that you know you have to do so I went through that process and and so it, it was quite demanding because I had to read a lot because I did studied literature and psychology humanities at university and so I had to read a lot and I had to write a lot I think what saved me to be honest at university was that I played high level tennis and that kind of release from tennis doing something fun in enjoyable whilst at university probably stimulated me more to be able to deal with the the, the demands of writing etc when did I realize I realized it's a problem it, it's not normal to sit at a table and, and, and wait an hour to write something it's a horrible feeling mm, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah and besides it being a horrible feeling mm. at the time how did it impact you um, in terms of your well-being you know what Mary I honestly two examples being at university and doing the journalism I don't think it really affected me outside 
outside of the moment. So I didn't carry that feeling into other aspects of my life. I didn't feel, oh, you've got a problem. It was just something that I had to deal with and work through. And so I don't consciously feel that it affected me outside of that moment. Yeah. So from the sounds of it, your difficulty was getting started, which is typical Mm. of someone who procrastinates. Mm. But once you got started, Mm. you delivered um, what you needed to do. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say the procrastination was at such a level that it affected my mental well-being consciously. I can't remember that or feel that. But I do know now as we're talking about it. I think people have different pressure valves to deal with that kind of pressure. Yeah. Like when I struggled, particularly in the past, back in mm-hmm. the actually, it was something that hovered like a cloud. Mm-hmm. You know, so even though I enjoyed mm-hmm. uni, the friendships and the fun mm-hmm. and, you know, all that kind of jazz, I do remember that when it came to the studying part, I had those dark moments mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I struggled to mm-hmm. get going mm-hmm. with revising, yeah, yeah. doing those assignments, mm-hmm. which is probably yeah. probably students but it was a it was a particular um issue for me well it's funny you should say that mary so i've got a brain almost like photographic memory and i also have very deep memories you mentioned about procrastinating Mm. in a sense when you were Mm. a child through uni and even when you were Mm. working as a journalist how did you manage to get through it and overcome that feeling of that inertia that initial Yeah, how I do it today generally is that I am very instinctive person now rather than analytical person. So I'd rather make a choice to do something and get it wrong or come across wrong than not do it. And I think that's one of the main things that affect procrastination. I think you need to be reactive and instinctive rather than analytical. I think a lot of analytical people are procrastinators because they think of so many different outcomes to things. So now, good or bad, I'm very instinctive. I make decisions. So if I want to buy a bar of chocolate, <laughs> I'll buy a bar of chocolate. I would think, oh, if I eat these, there's going to be so much calories and I'll have, you don't really I don't overthink. I, do I've reached a stage in life where I know who I am and what I'm about. And I, and I, and also the other side of it, I don't worry. I used to worry so much. Maybe as a child, we had a lot of, I had a lot of responsibility. My parents split up when we were very young and my mother brought up six children by herself. I was one of the middle children. So I think that there was a lot of kind of burden responsibility as well. And so maybe I grew up a bit older than I should have done in terms of my age. And so tended to want to maybe want to please people, do the right thing rather than do what I actually wanted to do. So I'm not like that anymore in the sense that I don't really care too much what people think about me. I know that might sound arrogant, but I really do believe that's really important. I think it's important to be responsible and to live a good life and to be kind and loving and sensitive to people. But I just tend not to worry too much about stuff anymore. You know what, you've you've mentioned like keywords Mm. that I think are all tangled within this whole like characteristics when it comes to procrastination, Mm. whether it comes to people pleasing Mm. and all 
perfectionism and all that kind of stuff. So did you change over time naturally or was it intentional? Did you one day or in a season think, you know what, I'm going to stop doing this because it's not helping me and it hasn't served me well in the past and up till now. So why should I continue doing that? Was it a decision? I I, I think it it was a bit of both, Mary. Um, And now that I, I haven't really thought about this too much, as I say, I'm instinctive. So I think meeting my wife, getting married, gave me a lot of confidence and allowed me to be more instinctive about life. We all want a sense of belonging as human beings. And I I suppose that security of meeting someone that you wanted to build a life with gave me that kind of confidence not to to be so analytical, to be more of a go-getter, more of a focused person. So for example, you know, a year after getting married, I decided that I wanted to be a racing driver. (laughs) So I pursued racing for about um, five years, doing the journalism as well and TV presenting as well for source of income. But I think that's when I really kind of changed quite a bit in terms of procrastination. Getting married gave me a greater degree of confidence and focus on what I really wanted to achieve. So it was a conscious thing, but it was also a life stage then as well. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned about not worrying Mm. so much, not looking to please people. What tips or advice would you give to someone who's struggling with procrastination now mm. because like what you've said makes sense but it's not so easy just to no of course worrying. not so what kind of tips or advice would you give to someone who's struggling with procrastination yeah now? i know it sounds very bland and trite but i think 90 percent of the things people fear never happen and yeah, if not more than 90%. Yeah. And so I just think that, you know, I had a conversation with my wife the other day and I just said that, you know, I refuse to be fearful about stuff anymore. And, but I'm a Christian. I get a lot of strength from my faith and relationship with God and praying and worshiping and talking. And so that gives me a sense of peace, confidence and calm in life. I know that not everyone will like the way I am or the way I do things, but I really feel that the most important thing is to be at peace with God. If he gives me the freedom to make decisions and choices, then I feel cool with that. And so I think that everyone will find their own way to deal with it. But one thing I'll say is that don't be afraid of making mistakes. Don't be afraid of not getting it perfect. I used to be a bit of a perfectionist in different ways. I'm more relaxed now. I realize through life and through experiences that um, only God is perfect. Um, we can strive for excellence, but to, to, to strive for, for perfection as fallen human beings is a bit nonsensical. Excellence is a high goal to aim for and, and perfection to a degree is a good goal to aim for because we never reach it. <laughs> Who's a perfect mate or husband or wife or brother or sister? It's, it's very rare. Doesn't exist, does it? So, so I think that, you know, practically take, make practical steps to do things that you don't like and not, not engage in the feeling that it brings. You have in your armory mentally to just not get into negative feelings about yourself and about the process or the situation you're in. I think it's attitude of mind and, and it's not easy, easily done. Yeah, but it, can it can be done. 100% it can be done. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, Edward, I want to really thank you for mm. sharing and giving us insight and practical advice, mm. really, when it comes to procrastination. Thanks for mm. joining us on Mary Liar Talks. Hope to see you soon. Thank you. A couple of pieces of advice that Edward shared was to do with attitude and a mindset of not worrying. So here's a spiritual wellness tip that you can meditate on. One of them is Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7, which reads, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And the other is Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 7, and it reads, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Mary Liar Talks. Beyond the Smile.